Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. All right. Today, we are going to discuss two more KOTOR characters, the Disciple and the Handmaiden. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. It's uh, good to be back on board the Ebonhawk, picking up some more passengers today for our companion journeys. Uh, these two could be like uh, like the love interest episode here, because you got uh, Mikal, uh, you know, the disciple, uh, love interest for Mitra Surik. You've got Brianna, the handmaiden, the last handmaiden, also potential love interest for Mitra Surik, depending on on how you play the game. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about these characters. We're gonna talk about about the love story of it all here as we go. But yeah, I'm just excited to uh, keep going on our uh, Kotor two journey here. Yeah, I guess we we did an episode on Beodur and Visismar and like. Maybe maybe we could t- could have titled that one like the preferred love interest, even though Beodur wasn't a love interest. Like <laughs> mm. there seems to be like a a vocal portion of Kotor two fans that wish he was, and I am one of them. And I don't know. Maybe we could say like oh, maybe it's bad to like compare this way, but like maybe like the lesser romance option like that people know that that's putting them down and i feel guilty for that but like maybe the less preferred <laughs> romantic option this is bad so yeah I'm this, just gonna stop. this this is this is bad uh we are we're uh pouring on on top of uh poor mikhail and poor brianna here um and are they the lesser of the love interests i don't know um i i don't know let's let's talk about it a little bit so um who should we start with uh, Cassia, who do we want to get this thing started out with? How about we discuss Brianna the Handmaiden? Let's do it. That sounds good to me. Yeah, so if you played KOTOR 2 and you had a male PC um, on Telos, uh, the Handmaiden, you would later learn her name was Brianna, would join you. And... Uh, how do we find her on Telos, Brian? That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so Brianna, uh, aka the Handmaiden, or uh, the Last Handmaiden, um, as she's described in uh, some material, um, she's a she's actually a really cool and really interesting character, uh, which makes me sad that I've never really gotten to explore uh, that too much because I've always played as a as a, a female uh, exile when I've played the game, so uh, I never really got to uh, to do much chatting with Brianna here. But Brianna is um, an Ichani uh, and Jedi was the child of an Ichani General Usanis and Jedi Knight Aaron K. Uh, and spoiler warning: Jedi Knight Aaron K. got exiled. Can't have kids if you're a Jedi, I guess. Um, so uh, basically, went on to be kind of adopted. 
by Atris uh, when her uh, father died, dueling Darth Revan, uh, which is probably a bad idea. Don't do that. Um, and yeah, she went to live with her half-sisters um, under the tutelage and care of Atris, uh, who was not very nice, not a very pleasant uh, caretaker of these girls, I don't think, uh, from, <laughs> from the sounds of things. And yeah, worked her way then uh, to Telos, where we meet... We meet up with Atris, and we meet up uh, with uh, Brianna here, um, and Atris's new uh, Jedi uh, temple establishment that she's trying to get set up there as the Jedi temple on Dantooine is, you know, fallen under uh, disrepairs. So uh, she is there uh, doing doing her bidding, I guess. Yeah, and uh, she grew up with a lot of girls who looked like her. I don't know if Atris had like a um, a dress code. It's like your hair needs to look like mine and match mine at all times. Like it seems like a a dark reflection of you know Padme and her handmaidens. You know where it's more like a sisterhood of supportive friends. This one is more like you're gonna do what I say or else. Dot dot dot. You know. So probably not the funnest upbringing for Brianna. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you know Brianna was force sensitive. Uh, you know, one of her one of her parents was a Jedi Knight uh, there, but Atris always uh, seemed from from what I read was totally uh, playing that down and not letting uh, you know Brianna learn any of that stuff, and uh, you know totally just keeping her at arm's length on all that stuff, which you know made her uh, you know kind of kind of separate and ostracized from her other sisters, um, even within uh, kind of this you know, small group that we had here, um, on Telos. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Not, not a good look, Atris. You gotta be, you gotta be nicer to your adopted, uh, handmaiden, uh, troop there. Yeah. So she kind of has some issues with Atris. She really wants to know who, like, or not really wondering who they were. I think she just wishes she knew her mother, Arnkai, K, Arnkai, and, and everyone, um, and then she, if if you uh, played KOTOR 2 as a male character, she joins and kind of her most definitive traits are like the Ikani fighting ritual, which is where you fight in your underwear. And that's probably one of the cringiest parts of like Star Wars for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then also her jealousy uh, uh, with Visus, the competitiveness there for, for a man, you know, the exile if he's a male um yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely yeah you get the get the duel there uh you know down you can't wear you can't wear any armor which i guess was uh free reign to uh just go straight uh straight down to the underwear so yeah probably could have uh handled that a a bit different uh maybe there's some sort of uh tunic an unarmored tunic they could have worn i don't know uh something like that so not a good look there and then and then yeah kind of this uh jealousy angle that uh you know we're playing off of uh visa smar there and you know, the terms of uh, finding love in the uh, in the the male version of the exile. There, um, they had kind of a, an interesting relationship too, right? Uh, Atris tasks uh, Brianna with going uh, with the group, going on to the Ebon Hawk and uh, traveling to keep an eye on Mitra Surik. Um, and Atris had always, you know, pretty much drummed up the fact that Mitra Surik couldn't be trusted, uh, was a bad person, uh, terrible, terrible, don't listen to them. So uh, she was pretty distrusting of the exile from the get-go, but, you know, finally kind of came around because, um, I will say, for, you know, 
kind of this part of the story, the male exile does a much better job, I think, of of harboring, you know, empowering Brianna uh, in a way to stand up for herself and to learn about herself. So I guess that that's that's good, at least. Yeah. So I think that uh, the exile, like you say, empowers more of the characters. And um, I like that. Um, I wish we could have, I don't know, in some ways, like, it kind of seems like the handmaiden and the disciples characters are kind of thin because it was just kind of like their characters depended upon like the gender of your player character so they weren't as developed as they could have been in my opinion Mm -hmm. um and i really wish they could have just played up like the rnk aspect of um the brianna more and like her kind of finding her own her own voice outside of being a handmaiden uh, for for Atris, you know, and yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah, exactly. They are they are both um, kind of a little bit thin. We'll talk about that more when we get to uh, Mikal here um, in a in just a minute. But you know, Brianna has kind of this this nice, interesting backstory. It's not quite as fully developed um, as some of the other characters are, but but there is quite a bit there and quite a bit to explore and unpack uh, which is really unfortunate then um you know that she's just the the you know the interest of the the male exile so you don't even get like any of that story if you're playing as uh, as a female exile um so that's really unfortunate and kind of a, a missed opportunity um i think uh, you know especially in terms of storytelling and and building out the world because yeah the you know they went through the the links of giving her kind of this uh you know tumultuous upbringing and you know scandalous from the from the standpoint of you know the jedi knight having a an illegitimate child and stuff like that so so i think that that stuff's kind of interesting but yeah you completely lose that if you're if you're not playing as the as the right uh version of the exile so uh i don't know uh a a little bit to to unpack there and uh what about as far as the journey then in kotor 2 right so we talked about the the upbringing a little bit and how that was you know some missed opportunities to maybe explore some of that what kind of journey do you think brianna has in kotor 2 um i don't know um (laughs) because part of me wonders like even if like the disciple and the handmaidens portions of the story for kotor 2 were even completed before Mm -hmm. they just had to like launch this baby you know into the world (laughs) unfinished get it out there vulnerable but um Part of me wonders, like, if some of the aspects of the of the story were gonna just be handled in a Kotor three that never happened. But mm-hmm. I guess the lesson learned is like, give people complete character arcs, like, as much as you can, like, in one thing, because like you might not get the next movie, you know. And sometimes it makes stories feel unfinished or like character characters feel kind of like not as productive as others yeah absolutely yeah we um yeah we're talking about these in kind of a two character pairings here um i think i think brianna's arc is a little bit stronger than mikhail's uh spoiler warning uh for for sure. when we talk about talk about that but um I think she goes through a little bit of growth, I guess. Um, like I mentioned, she's kind of like an outsider um, in the view of her sisters and obviously at arm's length with uh, Atris. So, I mean, she seems kind of, uh, I don't know, almost almost like depressed and, 
you know, setback kind of from everyone else. She's been totally gaslit by Atris this whole time, so untrusting uh-huh. of uh, Mitra Surik. But, but I think kind of as the story progresses, she um, does, like I said, find a little bit of her own kind of uh, self power and importance and things and you know the ability to help Mitra Surik. so I think that there's a little bit of character growth uh, for Brianna but I wouldn't really necessarily uh, consider it to be a uh, full arc um, in any no. sense of the word um, but someone you know Mitra Surik obviously has a character arc so what do you think Brianna's uh, you know part or place in Mitra Surik's character journey is? I think that Brianna is a reminder of Atris um kind of like she's kind of a spy at first and then you kind of win her over because you're more of a understanding leader i think um and there's kind of that connection with rnk uh so she was kind of created because of the mandalorian wars but then like because of the jedi um wasn't able to really grow up with like a loving relationship with her family and parents so um it's interesting part of me is like i hope brianna is older than i think she is i think she's 19 and mm-hmm. i have no clue how old the exile is supposed to be so like just kind of thinking about that i'm like eh, eh, <laughs> maybe she shouldn't have been on the romance option table you know but um <laughs> That's almost yeah. as bad as the Revan and Bastila uh, age difference there. Uh, I make it sure. different in my head, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In our in our heads, everything is is all square. Um, but yeah, I like um, yeah, I like kind of that uh, classification there of of you know her assistance, I guess, in Mitra Surik's character journey. Um, I think that Mitra Surik is able to play kind of a mentor role almost to Brianna, um, in a way, and to enlighten her to uh, you know, kind of the. I don't know, the broader galaxy, right, um, you know, has had kind of this tumultuous upbringing uh, being underneath of, you know, Atris's uh, tutelage for for better or worse, most definitely worse, um, and, you know, just able to believe in herself a little bit. Um, so I see as Mitra Surik able to fulfill kind of a mentorship role, um, which I think is a, a similar role uh, to Mikau, because basically these characters are almost interchangeable, right, because you're uh, just seeing their story, depending on if you're a male or a female exile. So, so a lot of this stuff is going to ring true uh, here in a second. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, as as far as the character journeys uh, that goes, there's not a lot there, unfortunately, to unpack. But uh, where do we think that uh, this character ends up after Kotor two? Uh, according to the game, if you go light side, uh, Brianna becomes a Jedi, and if you go dark side, Brianna becomes a dark Jedi. There you go, easy peasy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. What would I have liked to happen? Um, yeah, that's 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 right. Uh, Kotor three time in our heads. Where what should Brianna have done with her life, really? Though, I think it would have been better if like because I don't remember in what like old uh, pre Disney uh, book it was, but like the history of Kotor two was written to be like Brianna both Brianna and the Disciple ended up joining the female exile, which I kind of like because it would have been interesting to see what their dynamic could have been. And maybe they would have been more age appropriate for each other and would have hit it off. Who knows? But um, what I would have preferred to have happened is that, um, you know, Atris is, I probably should like 
get someone to create a meme that says like, is it girl boss gaslight gatekeep or is it gaslight mm. girl boss gatekeep? I forget the order, but like, Atris is kind of more like, that's kind of her mentality. And then uh, I think uh, the exile would have been a, like a better uh maybe role model and someone to help her like brianna empower herself and like maybe she could have talked to the uh handmaidens and said like i know atris has been telling us a lot of stuff but it's a lie um and also she's literally listening to a holocron like a sith holocron right now and it's like turning into a dark <laughs> jedi so like right. maybe we should like help the exile and fight against her and we can do it together as a sisterhood. Like that's what I would have liked to have happened. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Able to, to kind of come in into her own and, um, you know, spread the, spread the word of the, uh, Ichani and, uh, a Jedi throughout the land. I think that would have been a good and fitting ending. Uh, maybe, maybe she could take over, um, Atris's, uh, little uh, fortress of solitude there on on telos and started her own school up maybe that would have been uh something better uh could have got some some more uh you know robes and things for when we have to do our, our fighting duel that would have been that would have been good that would be good yeah i asked someone from our friends at the heroes journey podcast um nilson i i was asking if anyone here had played kotor 2 and he played it like over a decade ago then I asked him, like, if he remembered the disciple and the handmaiden uh, and what they thought of them. And he said, like, if I recall, they were always the opposite gender of what you played. So if the PC was female, you got the disciple. And if it was male, you got the handmaiden, right? And he said, I think handmaiden was also a romance quest option, but I remember it not being a very satisfying conclusion. Beyond that, I just mm. remember her being a melee-focused character that I think I turned into a Jedi. There you go. Yeah, that pretty much that pretty much sums it up right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, like I said, I th I think that these two characters were kind of created to fulfill sort of the same role, um, and by splitting their stories in half, uh, you didn't get uh, very much from either one of them. Uh, that being said, I think that Brianna is an interesting character. Just unfortunately, you know, wasn't able to be you know, seen to, seen to fruition, you know, be that from the time crunch or, you know, just, you know, one of those things that happens in video games. You can't, uh, <laughs> you can't have all nine of the characters, I guess, getting, getting main screen time. So, so I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll shed some more light on, on, uh, Brianna's story as we go over to the flip side of the coin. And we talk about, uh, Mikal, AKA the disciple. Yeah. And then if you had a female, exile the disciple would end up joining your group on dantooine and he's kind of someone who is force sensitive but because of the mandalorian wars like there was a shortage of like jedi trainers and uh he always wanted to be trained by the exile but like guess what she was fighting the mandalorian wars and like didn't have time for that so he ended up aging out and he's actually a spy for karth uh which is something that I missed a lot, like when I played it growing up. Um, but how would you describe his personality? Um, his his personality uh, is pretty much one note. Um, as he just is uh, really longing and pining for for Mitra Surik. Um, he's 
I, I don't know his his career progression I guess was was kind of interesting right so he was he was in the in the Jedi there became a Galactic Republic ambassador um, you know wanted to be uh, the Padawan of Mitra Surik uh, to learn from her to be close to her um, but he's he's developed like I said into this uh, into this Republic ambassador he's somewhat of a historian um, that's really what leads him you know back to Dantooine into the temples he gets word that one of the the Jedi masters had returned uh there before running into us um we don't even uh we don't know very much about Mikal uh the disciple we don't know uh where he's from um which I think is just something that they omitted when they were making the game but I think in my own head we don't know where he's from because when they came and destroyed the Jedi temple uh they lost all those records all the birth certificates for all the Padawan kids that they scoop up you know at birth uh, they just, so they don't know. They don't know where they came from. That's in my head, that's, though. That's a really good headcanon. Um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. In my mind, like, the Disciple is, like, someone who's, like, the uber good Jedi. Uh, but he kind of, like, maybe presents himself more as, like, a a nerd. And, like, if he, like, I don't know, maybe, like did his hair a little bit better and like was a bit more fashionable like people would maybe like get to know the real disciple and it's like someone who's like a true jedi like through and through mm, like he mm -hmm. believes in it but he doesn't just take everything at face value and he kind of sees like the flaws and like where things need to be fixed yeah exactly i think that's um that's probably a, a good thing, um, you know, as he's, you know, kind of learned and was brought up by the Jedi, but then was able to kind of go out into the galaxy and, you know, see different perspectives and things. So I guess that that's a, that's a good thing and a good way to look at it. And, um, yeah, I mean, Mikal is, you know, reunited with, with Mitra Surik there on, on Dantooine. Now, according to uh, Wikipedia, um, I don't know, or I've never noticed this myself, and uh, certainly I can't go back and play through the whole game to, to verify this, but apparently uh, if you are a male exile, uh, the male exile will refer to uh, Mikal as Mikal, but if you are a female uh, exile, uh, she only ever refers to him as a disciple. They don't use the name Mikal if Mitra Surik is a female. I don't know if that's true or not, but it said it on Wikipedia, uh, so I'm saying it here. Yeah, Wikipedia is always right, so um, that's right. if they're wrong, that's their fault, you know. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. But, um, yeah, because, like, it took me a while to be like, oh, his name's McCall, but I always pronounced it Michael, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Star Wars can be fun like that. Uh, but, um, yeah, like kind of like with uh, a male exile like I think like Visas and Brianna are kind of like one's they both wear hoods you know but one's sort of like dark-sided and one's kind of like light-sided so have fun with that like and it's like okay and then like with the with the, with the female exile it's like one's Han Solo and then one's kind of like you know Anakin you know so have fun with that and like that's, That's kind of one thing I would, if there was an adaptation, like, I don't know if I would just drop, like, the romance angle, you know, with mm -hmm. the disciple mm -hmm. and the exile, or, like, kind of change it, because, like, the disciple has kind of had a crush on the exile, like, and wanted the exile to be his master, so I'm like, um, that's kind of... A weird dynamic i think what they were trying to go for is like anakin's crush on padme like 
in yeah. like the Phantom Menace where like Anakin kind of puts Padme on a pedestal because and she's kind of older like five years older than him you know but I'm like mm-hmm. just I don't know like maybe like age him up or kind of change it like that they were kind of both Jedis who were like similar ages and like yeah he kind of wanted her to be a Jedi or something like I would just change that like personally you know um I don't know what do you think yeah that would make for a more compelling uh sort of love angle I think if they were more yeah more similar in age more colleague like now, it's, it's very possible that Mitra Surik would have been, you know, more advanced and, you know, kind of a, a higher ranking Jedi, potentially. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe he could have looked at that and admired her and, you know, admired her strength. But I think that that <laughs> is a little bit a little bit more digestible than it was like, oh, I really wanted to be your Padawan and I love you and I love you forever. Um, so uh, but but that's just me. That's just me. Um, so <laughs> uh, uh, carrying on here, um, going into the to the character arcs here, uh, does does Mikal, does the Disciple uh, have a character arc at all, Cassia, in this thing? Um, you discover him, you talk to him, you can find out somehow that he's, like, reporting to Karth what happens, which isn't really much of a betrayal, you know, because, like, it's Karth, we, we know Karth, we trust Karth, or Orange Jacket Daddy, you know. But mm-hmm. um, he also talks to the exile about, like, how, like, he kind of pumps her up and it's like, you're a good person, you know. Um, and I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful speech, kind of identical to what I think Beasus can say to a, a male um, exile, but... Yeah, um, kind of not really a character arc, and, um, I mean, we'll kind of discuss this later, but, like, I really don't know if, like, KOTOR 2's even, like, writing was finished, and, like, KOTOR 3 didn't happen, so we kind of just have what we have, and we have to, like, talk about their character arcs, and it's like, there is no arc, there are just dots, and we have to connect them together, (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't see like hardly any sort of character arc here. Um, the only uh, kind of growth is that he's spent his whole life wanting to uh, learn from Mitra Surik, and I guess he gets to finally do that. So okay. it's a happy ending there uh, for that. Um, uh, yeah, so so not a lot there. I do think that he plays kind of an interesting part in Mitra Surik's kind of you know hero heroine's journey. I think that he um, is like this representation of what her life would have been like had she not gone off with Revan um so I guess that that there's there's that she gets to go back and kind of look at the crossroads where she decided to go off to war as opposed to stay in the in the Jedi Council so um you know kind of a potential branching path kind of a kind of a look there maybe um I don't know but that's yeah it's it's pretty thin for Mikal here um but I think that kind of the end game stuff for him is more interesting um actually has some stuff here uh cassia so for the light side ending um mikhail goes on to be a jedi master is on the council um he played a part in restoring the lost archives and actually goes on then into uh swotor um 
they talk about Mikhail's holocron, which, you know, talks about rebuilding all of this stuff. Um, and the dark side ending, uh, he apparently becomes like a, like a Darth Sidious-esque uh, politician, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. So, so basically That would have been have... so cool. And like, yeah. it, it would have been cool to see that, that dynamic, honestly. Um, but I think like, just like with, the disciple they kind of just say like he was a really good jedi master but reluctant to join the council like all good men are and mm -hmm. i think they're like and he always will always like have a crush on you and it's like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> okay great great uh love love that for myself um but yeah so so basically what what I've kind of gathered here and doing kind of this character study on these two characters is is Brianna has kind of a, a a more interesting backstory, uh, who she was, her upbringing, how she got to the events of KOTOR 2. Um, then not a lot happens, and then she has basically nothing um, for the after game, right? It's it's very basic, as basic as as can <laughs> be. It's as it's as basic as uh, Atris and her uh, temple stuff going on there. Um, and on the flip side of that, we have Macau, who doesn't really have any backstory at all, uh, very basic story, and then has kind of this interesting after game. So my my theory is is that maybe this was supposed to be one character and they ended up splitting it into two and I don't know if that's because of the ramifications for the love interests I don't I don't know I don't know for sure but that's that's my theory is that they they were going down down the path of having one kind of fully realized character and ended up splitting it in two so we got two kind of thin characters unfortunately Yeah and maybe yeah it's like I have a better title for this pair. It's like they deserved better. So <laughs> they they deserved better for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But um but unfortunately but fortunately for us, we we got better because we got a lot of really good feedback on our Discord and um some former uh, guests on the podcast who'd asked us some questions um or made some comments kind of about Mikal and Brianna, uh, which is really important because like I said, there wasn't a lot to discuss character-wise uh, for these two. So before we jump into those, was there any kind of final thoughts on, on either Mikal or uh, Brianna, Cassia? That's a really good thought that you have is, like, maybe they were one character divided into two and, like, it was just kind of unsatisfying. Um, I never thought about that, but it would be interesting to hear, like, how these characters were created when they decided to just make them kind of gender-exclusive. Because, yeah, I think that, you know, there's there's potential for, um, had it been one character, it would have been far more interesting, you know, almost akin to Visas Mari we talked about in the last one of these, you know, was such an interesting character with a nice rich backstory and, um, you know, a, a real purpose for being involved in the story. And, you know, these two were, were much thinner um, in that sense. And, you know, they're meant to be kind of the other, you know, a love interest um, for for the characters but you know really there's there's so much less going on uh with both of these when you compare them to Atten and to Visas. so so i guess uh did you want to start with uh, one of the one of our comments yeah absolutely so we've got to we've got a couple here um one is from jake who had mentioned before had been on the podcast and one is from uh ccwe uh chewy i guess maybe i don't know uh how that's pronounced for sure um let us know but uh jake wants to know how would you have completed the disciples role in the story since even with the restored content mod it's not finished um and then uh, chewy says on top of that how the handmaiden storyline is far more complete um even with the restored content mod so so what do you think um was there a, 
away, just um, that you would have maybe enhanced the disciple story to make them a more interesting character? And, and why do you think his story seems less interesting maybe uh, than Brianna's to, you know, to people looking just at what we got in the game? I wonder if in 2004 that they didn't even consider that some people would want the female uh, exile, you know, and maybe they're mm. just like, oh, just complete like the male exile more because we'll have more uh, male players. Um, even though I, I, I don't think like Brianna's story is like, um, like we're still kind of like, what's her character arc? And it's like, IDK, you know, like it's, it's kind <laughs> right. of like advanced calculus and we don't do math, you know, but um, it is interesting. Like if they were one character divided into two and I mean, it, it was a rush development, so that's interesting, but that kind of like got me thinking, like we kind of just kind of learned their fates, like from Kreia at the end on Malachor. Mm -hmm. And, like, I kind of just was wondering, like, if they had Kreia's epilogue, like, basically her spewing out everyone's fate, like, a really long death scene to fill in some of the blanks of KOTOR 2's story. Yeah, because we don't really, yeah, we don't really get to see it or, you know, have any effect on the game from, you know, kind of the the way that these characters' stories go, so... um yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I will. I will say, kind of, you know, the handmaiden story, um, you know, being more complete than uh, Mikal's. I think that that's kind of that's kind of partially true. I think you know she's a much more interesting character, but I think that that is heavily reliant on kind of her backstory and that we can as associate her uh, with Atris, um, and and kind of that story. So she has kind of some more anchors. Uh, within, you know, Mitra Surik's own story to kind of latch onto, whereas Mikau really doesn't. He's just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of floating out there, just, you know, <laughs> longing for the days. So when Mitra Surik would show up to the uh, Jedi Temple and, and do some training, I guess, I don't know. Um, so, I, so I think that it seems uh, extra thin for him from that standpoint. Um, and to, to Jake's kind of question there, how would we have completed the Disciples? Uh, story. I actually think that his endgame story is pretty good. Um, I I like that. I I would have liked, you know, had the character's story within the game. Um, you know, if we could have started learning that or started leaning towards that, or um, you know, have given Mikhail some sort of you know political sense or ambition um, or something like that, or um, you know, I we talked about the fact that he was uh, a historian and actually uh, that was one of the other things uh, Brianna and the handmaidens were uh, kind of like archaeologists almost uh, which is another reason that I think that maybe they were supposed to have been uh, just the one character there so um, I think it would have been interesting I think Macau would have been more interesting in the first nights of the Old Republic when we're going through the tombs and maybe his historical uh, sensibilities could have been an interesting story dynamic for that but, oh. but I don't I don't I don't know it's it's hard to it's hard to think of how thin kind of their stories were in enhancing anything about their their end game. Uh, so I don't know. That would have been so cool if they like played up his historian angle, because uh, I love history and it. Star Wars needs more historians, you know. Like I guess we have like Doctor Affer, right? But mm -hmm. um, if the disciple were like that, kind of like a, a space archaeologist, like. He's like, being a Jedi didn't work out for me, but I'm an archaeologist. Like, I think people would be like, he's cool. I want, like, I want him on the team, you know? 
sticking with Jake, he asked a second uh, question here, which is, uh, <laughs> I think we've already already kind of talked about a little bit, um, but he's wanting to know, was the Handmaiden a necessary addition to the team uh, character-wise? Do you think that um, having Brianna uh, in the game as part of the crew of the Ebon Hawk, do you think that uh, it was important for her to be there? Um, did she play any sort of pivotal role in our story or not? I think her connection to the exile is the most tenuous. Maybe Goto is a little more tenuous. I just don't like Goto, which is hilarious because if you go to our Patreon, like he was voted like my companion out of all of them. And it's like, cool. That's really <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just not really that many tethers for her, like, in the present. Like, in the past, maybe I can mm-hmm. see that, but it's kind of just more like she's defined by other people, which I don't like. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know that she really plays any sort of super vital role um, character-wise within the story, other than just giving you an option uh, as a love interest. Um, you know, like I just kind of kind of brought up, she's more anchored by the fact that she has a relationship with uh, Atris. Um, so it kind of keeps tying back into into that and you don't even get that then if you're playing as a as a female exile so so yeah I don't, I don't know uh the handmaiden could have stayed on telos but I'm, I'm glad i'm glad even though even though it didn't do anything uh in the game that much in my eyes i'm glad we could get her out of there because no one should have to hang out with atris all day yeah and then i asked uh ccie we will say maybe like chewy um but i asked I asked them, like, do you like her story? I thought they should have played up the R&K, maybe Kreia connection, and dialed back on the romance, and I got this response. While I agree that the romance was a bit much, I still prefer her storyline over the Disciples, because at least she's a character beyond her relationship with the Exile. She offers mm-hmm. an interesting moral dilemma when it comes to which path she should take. Should she honor her oath as far as possible? since it has defined so much of her for a big part of her life, a Kantian alternative, or should she make the choice that is best for herself and the galaxy while betraying her family and a part of her identity? Also, her rivalry with Vesis was far more interesting than the rivalry between Atten and the Disciple. So I'm going to ask you the most important question is, like, who did you like to see fight more? Um... Jesus and the handmaiden or Atten and the disciple uh yeah that's that's a fair point yeah I mean it's it's very just kind of kind of this bickering sense I guess that you would you would think of in some sort of like uh YA uh drama maybe I don't I don't uh it was 2004 is another time it was 2004 it was another time um yeah I mean I, I yeah it was just it was a product of its of its time and um I don't know if one was more interesting. I guess, I guess, yeah, I, I would say that uh, Visas and Brianna is a more interesting dynamic because uh, Mikal just sits in that one room on the Ebon Hawk. You don't ever take him out to fight uh, <laughs> or anything. He just, he just stays there and, and yeah. hangs out all day. You at least, you know, Atten has some sort of uh, story and agency. And um, yeah, so I mean, he's far more interesting, um, more interesting to talk to, more interesting to, more interesting to train. So yeah, I mean, I guess because I find brianna a more interesting character than than mikhail um i think that that would be that's fair that's fair uh yeah and the way that chewie describes the 
the handmaid is so much more interesting than what we got in the game like mm -hmm. bringing like Kant into it you know and because like really at some points I'm like did they like just want her there to fight in her underwear or what but yeah like if if KOTOR 2 could have not been rushed and we got KOTOR 3 I just kind of wonder what kind of discussion we'd be having yeah absolutely I think it would be um a completely different discussion uh for sure because I think that um KOTOR 2 has you know probably the more interesting kind of overall of the characters um but unfortunately we just got to learn uh you know less about them um you know even than our, our kotor one characters who we who we so dearly love for sure so yeah there's a there's a lot to think about when you think about you know the the wasted potential for um you know something else going forward to kind of tie all of this uh stuff together yeah and the gabe young who we had uh on for our Korriban and our uh, Batman episode um, says that the gender implications of having one over the other why women protagonists by convention get the man character disciple while man protagonists get the women handmaiden and he also adds like although albeit I understand the Ikani ritual I believe it may be proper to discuss the gaming's portrayal of women characters and how the handmaiden is portrayed so i guess like two questions like do you think like should players have gotten a choice like about which one they wanted to join or mm -hmm. would you just have both of them join or do you think there was an interesting uh was it interesting for the player to get an opposite gendered companion like, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I think that it was, you know, certainly kind of kind of a, a product of its time. Even though we'd seen some, um, you know, same sex relationship stuff starting to be explored um, with Juhani and and the first Knights of the Old Republic, and then and obviously uh, Kotor Two was uh, Obsidian, but you know, Bioware then went on to do you know Mass Effect, which had uh, same sex relationships that were um, explorable in that game. So um, I think that maybe that was part of it. I think that um, you know we've kind of discussed that you know the potential for having McCall and Brianna have been one character as opposed to these two characters would have been more interesting. Um, and then that would have, you know, created a, a completely different dynamic where you just have the one uh, that you take uh, on board and um, have to explore that relationship, uh, you know, either way, I think. But, but yeah, I think it's, it's just, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's just kind of the the status of the gaming. And hopefully that's that's changing. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot more, um, you know, diversity in, in terms of race and sexual orientation in games and hopefully that that continues and hopefully you know if mm -hmm. we uh see carry-ons of of this story that's you know much more well represented for uh you know for more groups of people uh out there for sure but yeah i think it was it was just a product of the of the 2004 landscape unfortunately i think i don't uh, it's a, not you know definitely not making an excuse for it or anything like that but i think that was that was just what the game developers and studios uh, had in their heads probably at the time. And maybe that was what led to it be being two characters as opposed to one. I don't know. Couldn't say. Yeah. And then what do you think of KOTOR 2's like portrayal of uh, female characters and uh, 
Like overall, do you think the handmaiden is portrayed well? I think maybe kind of overall she's kind of portrayed well as she's able to to learn and kind of come into her own but certainly you know at the at the offset when you very first meet and they're like okay we have to have a, a duel now uh take off all of your armor which apparently also includes all of your clothes that's that's not great um i mean even you know just talking about kotor 2 in the first place when when you wake up on on a paragus there i think you're in your underwear too but until you can go and find armor to put on uh, which is absolutely ridiculous so um yeah, so I mean, from from that standpoint, that's not great. Um, that's not something that's ever really been great uh, within video games or, you know, the sci-fi fantasy uh, realms out there, uh, just in general, and has gotten a little bit better, but definitely some more some more room to uh, to improve there, I think. But but what about you? I I'm a white guy, so I don't I don't want to want to you know say and you know speaking on on behalf of the way women are are portrayed. What do you think, Cassia? Um, I think that Kotor 1, uh, the female characters were portrayed a little, they were fleshed out more, and I think a bit more realistically, and I think there were less, like, um, fantasy, like, male fantasies in Kotor 1. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, some things have aged poorly, uh, but, I mean, that's kind of just the way everything, uh, you know, kind of shakes out, like, years later, usually. Um, but just kind of, like, thinking about Kotor, too, it's like, uh, Mira is kind of like, yeah, I dress in this provocative outfit to distract males while I'm a bounty hunter. And I'm like, ah. mm-hmm. Right. If she wants to wear that, fine. But, like, uh, I don't know, like, it kind of just seemed a little bit more male fantasy and then like the handmaiden fighting in her underwear. I'm like, that's a, a maybe like a traditionally male fantasy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, like I, I just kind of remembered those aspects from KOTOR 2 and I'm like, oh, maybe they're not great, you know? And maybe like if there were options, you know, like, Maybe if, like, Mira was like, yes, I actually, like, kind of prefer women, you know, or something, like, where that was made kind of more explicit, like, mm-hmm. uh, or, like, they could have just made different ways for the handmaiden to show her personality that could have been more interesting, but um, I guess we have what we have, but I kind of think, like, the, the female characters were maybe portrayed a little bit better in KOTOR 1. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely agree with that there. And then, uh, let's see, I think we have one more question here. This is from our, our resident musician, uh, Dennis, uh, who's been on several episodes with us now talking about uh, uh, music, does the music for the podcast and a bunch of other awesome projects. So make sure you check out uh, Dennis S. Mowers out there. But he wants to know if we could talk about the dynamic or what the dynamic between the two of these characters would have been considering it's canon that they both travel with the exile but in the game uh, they don't travel uh, Mikali either stays on Dantooine or uh, Brianna stays on uh, Telos there so what do what do we think would they have been would they have been pals on board the Ebon Hawk what do you think Cassia oh that is so fascinating um because maybe they originally were one character and like Part of me, when Dennis asked that question, I'm like, should I resist the urge to ship them? Should I 
like I don't know why my mind goes there first you know I guess I just love love you know and you can check out our phoba fet you know like Valentine's mm-hmm. Day special but um <laughs> it would be interesting because I think they would be more age appropriate for each other like they're kind of like similar ages like mm-hmm. so I do kind of see like a friendship kind of like being more plausible there and like they kind of have a little bit of similar um backgrounds because like uh, the disciple was kind of just raised among jedi he did kind of get out and see the world but like it kind of just seems like he's someone who just stays in his apartment you know when he's not actively doing something like just kind of shy doesn't really get out as much you know and then like Mm -hmm. it kind of seems like brianna's sort of been raised in a high demand you know uh cult thing like where it's kind of just like atris is like kind of dictating everything and they all dress the same and all that you know so um maybe there would be tension because like uh you know, like Atris um, had had told uh, Brianna that the exile wasn't an, a good person, and like the disciple seems to have really like looked up to the exile, and like uh, maybe they could just kind of like see different ways of looking at things, you know, like, and maybe they would like. Michael is kind of more interested in history, you know, and that's kind of what Atris did. So it's like maybe um, she could be like, well, Atris did it this way, and the disciple's like, oh, Atris did it that way, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I see. Uh, what what do you see? Yes, a uh, similar kind of thing there. They have you know kind of similar similar stories, you know, unfulfilled. Uh, Jedi uh, potential and learning, um, you know, both have, uh, you know, studied history and, uh, you know, been into uh, archaeology and artifacts, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, one is deeply in love uh, with the uh, Mitrasuric, one is very wary of Mitrasuric, um, so that's that's kind of a, a, a clash there, but something that they would have potential to, to talk about. Um, on board the Ebon Hawk as everyone else is going off on the adventures and no one is talking to them because they're too busy with that and, and visas. Uh, that's, that's possible there, but yeah, I think, I think that they would have, they would have, uh, gotten along and kind of, um, you know, would have been someone they could have confided in, uh, probably on board because, uh, these two are, you know, were kind of outsiders, um, you know, before, uh, you know, being united with, um, Mitra Surik. And I think that, probably in terms of the uh, quote-unquote friend group here on the Ebon Hawk, which is, you know, by all accounts not very friendly, certainly not as friendly as uh, the Knights of the Old Republic uh, one crew, um, I think that they both would probably be kind of kind of outsiders um, on board the ship as as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that they would, they would get along uh, swimmingly, as it were. Um, how do you rectify that in terms of the, the canon that they both traveled with? Uh, I don't know. You're just going to have to have to have to go out on a limb they and just assume that both one... join the crew you know that's right they just they just both joined the the crew and they they were in there and maybe yeah maybe there's some potential sparks that could fly uh for the disciple and the handmaiden um i don't know that's that's possible that's a good that's, 
that's a good love story we should explore one day maybe that'll be that'll be next up on the uh, the older public podcast i don't know yeah um and yeah like i kind of maybe forgot to mention like it just would have been cool to see that like if korea and the handmaiden talked a little bit more but yeah i I don't know if that would have been addressed in kotor 3 it's like Kreia might have been my mom, probably was, like, she went evil, and how does she deal with that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like, I just kind of see them being a little, uh, the Disciple and the Handmaiden being a little bit more similar in ages and, uh, and upbringings, and possibly might overlap in interests a bit more. Um, like, I, I just kind of am able to visualize, like, the Handmaiden talking to the disciple a little bit easier than like Atten, you know so right yeah, yeah absolutely so uh so yeah so a couple of uh characters on the thinner side of their story but you know still interesting still an integral parts of your knights of the old republic 2 uh journey so i think it was uh good to talk about them and we definitely got some good feedback on this one so if you're listening out there um you drop us a comment in the on the youtube video or you know on social media or uh come over to the discord and uh let us know what you think about uh the disciple and brianna the handmaiden um yeah, yeah. And let us know what what you think about uh, the character uh, journeys here for Kotor Two so far. So, any closing thoughts here for this pair um, as we set off to pick up our next two companions? I was so glad to get a lot of like comments and questions on these characters because there's really like um, in the game not a lot that happens to them. Um, so I was ve- we're very appreciative uh, for all your comments and questions. And then for Brian, I have two. Uh, you know, like lightning round questions because oh, okay. we didn't discuss what kind of pie uh, Atten <laughs> and T three would like in the first episode. So oh, Atten's pie, what would what would he have? Um, oh, that is that is a really good question. Let's see, Atten Atten loves to uh, to play Pazak, so I'm going to say he's going to go with like a hand pie, maybe like a McDonald's uh, pie. So he could hold it in one hand, hold his uh, Pazak cards in the other hand. Uh, prob- probably something, uh, you know, pretty pretty basic. Uh, maybe just like an apple pie, I think, for, for Atten. That sounds that sounds good to me. Um, T3, what kind of pie does T3 eat? Uh, T3 is a droid, therefore doesn't need to eat a pie. Um but let's see uh since t3 is the best i will go with uh banana cream pie because that's one of my favorite kind of pies uh so that's what i'm going to gift to t3 uh what what about what do you think Cassia? what do you think about atten and uh t3's uh pie of choices yeah so atten isn't for everyone and like when i think of pies that maybe aren't for everyone um I think of lemon pies because it is an interesting mm-hmm. taste, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's a little tart. You just have to get used to it, you know? And like, he's also a sentinel with a yellow lightsaber. So like lemon is yellow. So like there's my scholarship there, you know? So it's like, yeah, cause it's yellow. Um, there you go. There you go. And then like it. T3 probably wouldn't have a pie. But, like, what if he had, like, an ice cream pie or something? Like, Mm -hmm. just to... I don't know. I want T3 to have a pie, but he doesn't need a pie. Like, I wish I'd lived in a world where, like, I could, like, just give T3 everything because he deserves the world and more. But, um, 
maybe he that's froze not possible yeah. maybe he froze the pie on accident with his uh, carbonite uh, blast earlier yeah and then gave it to the exile it's like oh that's such a sweet moment like <laughs> uh but yeah okay and now question two pies for the handmaiden and the disciple what are they all right, so um, so Brianna, this this one's easier. I'm going to say that she's going to have some sort of like like chocolate uh, pie, like uh, sort of thing, uh, because Atris would never let any of the handmaidens have uh, a chocolate uh, pie because it would get on your white outfit, um, and that would be no good. So uh, I'm going to go with a chocolate pie for uh, Brianna, and for Mikal is going to, uh, I don't know, he's going to pick the most uh, boring a slice of pie that is in the counter that 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 no one else would whatever uh think of picking uh like a rhubarb pie uh maybe a rhubarb pie is delicious i don't know uh i can't speak from experience so i'm gonna go with that for mikhail rhubarb pie okay so i think that um brianna would go with a blueberry pie like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just think she would find it tasting good i don't like i don't know why but just when i was thinking i was just like it's blueberry and that's the that's my concluding argument is because it is because <laughs> um it is. and then i was kind of like oh what's what's mccall and it's like it's apple pie um because like <laughs> if you ask captain america what his favorite pie flavor is he'd probably say apple pie and like i don't know i i kind of get the he McCall kind of reminds me of like Captain America and Superman, mm, yeah. you know, so I'm like probably something traditional, not like anything sp- like seemingly special, you know, maybe like some people out there are very passionate about apple pie, but I'm like, he he's probably an apple pie person, so yeah that's right his uh Mikhail's favorite type of pie is whatever Mitra Surik was having one day at the Jedi oh. Council and, <laughs> and he saw her eating it and that for therefore that became his favorite pie of all time oh boy so yeah um we are very passionate about pies and uh yeah if you have any comments about what pie flavors certain characters would like uh let us know so yeah let us know your favorite kind of pie so. All right, and may the pie be with you always. The Old Republic podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisSMowersMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.